You're listening to the Social History Hub podcast brought to you by Creative Podcasts. Hello, I'm Lainey Malkani and welcome to the Social History Hub podcast. Every week I'll be exploring the nature of social history and what it means to us today with an exciting lineup of artists, entrepreneurs, academics and writers. They'll share their stories and relive the moments and events that inspired them. Coming up, a snapshot of history yet to be documented. Suman Butcher tells us why the story of South Asian theatre in Britain is a story worth telling. Its own history or social history has not really been put together. The experiences of the migrant communities has made its way into the work, but the people who have created those experiences has perhaps not been done. More to come from Suman in a moment, but first, what's her story? Well, Suman has just about had experience of every strand of the theatre world you can imagine, from acting to production, writing and marketing. Her experiences since her arrival from Tanzania in the 1970s has covered four decades and yet she's frustrated that the journey she and others made to bring South Asian theatre to British shores still remains untold. I'll let Suman tell you more. When we first came here as a family, we're from East Africa. We arrived in the UK in the 70s and I think as a teenager I remember going to one of those Asian events in a town hall in Wandsworth where I saw some sketches by some young people. I inquired and discovered that this was like a nascent theatre group called Tara Arts somewhere in South London and I thought, oh, I like what they're saying, I'd like to be a part of it. And uh, that's how it began. At that point in time, the company was really just a loose coalition of people who used to get together, uh, put on sketches and plays because they were passionate about things that were happening, affecting the Asian community. Um, Then it evolved into acting a little bit. And then it grew from there. We're sort of talking about the mid-70s, aren't yes, we? Yes. So what was happening around you at the time that made you think, actually, you know what, I find this appealing? Well, initially I was drawn to the fact that they were talking about interesting things. You know, some of it was just uh, um, making satirical comments about the older Asians, let's say, you know, the generation gap type of sketches. Something else would have been a bit more political, but here was I, a teenager living in South London. London was a really great city to be in at the time. I went to school in Fulham, so, you know, it was representative of the community at the time, which was a mixture of uh, not many Asians, but a mixture of Caribbean, a mixture of some Greek, a lot of English. It was quite open. What I'm saying is London was an open place, but still to find something that was sort of touched your core, I can't explain why it did, but it did. Initially, uh, it was acting in what you might say community, inverted commas, or agitprop type theatre because it was a voluntary activity. Everybody who was in there was just interested in it. But as the company evolved, some people wanted to become professional actors. Other people wanted to take the theatre to create it as a proper ensemble company. But for myself, you know, I actually realised that I did not really want to be an actor. The last straw was when I was asked to do a workshop by an invited director, English director, and it was all about method acting, and I thought to myself, I cannot be a Hoover. 
you know, that's what we, we were asked to be inanimate. Sorry, you cannot be a hoover, as in a vacuum cleaner? Yes, okay. like we were asked to be these machine inanimate objects. That's what I remember. It's a long time ago, you know. But while I was there, you know, my sister also joined, my sister Sudha Bucho, who now runs a theatre company, also joined um, in as an actor. But it's something that she decided to pursue much more seriously than me. And when uh, she set up her theatre company, I decided that press and marketing was the way to do it. So you've you kind of seen every every aspect of the theatre world from the performance to the organisational to the, the press and marketing sides which aspect of it do you think is the most challenging in terms of South Asian arts? I think it's really to be able to put it on you know to be able to create and get the production on yes now you know you could say 25-30 years later there is a lot of uh, creativity emanating from that kind of cultural a milieu and it may be easier because of social media the panacea for everything that people keep saying that we can do things etc but really to do a, a good piece of work and to be able to get it on and to find a venue that's receptive to be able to do it is still about as challenging as it may have been in those days but in different ways there's a lot more opportunity now I would say because even from the South Asian firmament some of the theatre companies who've been established and grown there's room for them to encourage development of writers there are proper structured uh, opportunities for young people to do that but if you want to grow out of that grassroots emerging level to be a bit more of a serious player in that way I, I would still say there are some challenges and for you is the starting point of the history of Asian theatre is it with Tara Arts well I think um, if you were to take a, a what was a watershed moment of South Asian theatre in this country then you could say it's like from Tara Arts onwards a lot has happened but as I've gotten involved in theatre and I've tried to look at it in a kind of dispassionate way I realised that actually South Asian work has been performed and produced in this country from the beginning of the 20th century so in essence the history does go back a lot further the work may have been sporadic one-off because to a certain degree the impetus for the work has been driven by the people who have been involved in it and initially just like Tara the 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 raison d'etre to do it was a political imperative it was not just because everybody wanted to act it was because they wanted to say something and the vehicle was performance in the beginning of the 20th century it sort of evolved in a similar way I would say except that these are isolated chapters and are there any specific plays performances performers that come to mind from that period of time? There's a writer called Niranjan Paul. He was a subject of a documentary I did with a radio company that looked at his work as a, a filmmaker, film scriptwriter for the silent movie era. Initially, he began as a writer in theatre, and uh, he did put on a couple of plays. The first was an interpretation of Edwin Arnold's poem, Light of Asia, and then he went on to do another farce in the 1920s. Then he himself got involved in the film world, which was like a new technologically superior industry that was being created at the time, and he found it much more exciting, and he went down that route. But then, you know, later on, Tara Art's first play was called Sacrifice, which was an adaptation of the Rabindranath Tagore play, Sacrifice. Uh, that play has been performed 
even in the 20s and 30s in the UK. And there is something about that play that resonates with people. The story is about a, a priest who's uh, trying to s- sacrifice a, a young person. It's a, it's a tussle between a king and a priest, and it's about ideas and power to a certain degree. But it's in essence, it's about the futility and the waste of life. You could use it in a war context, for example. You know, you could use it in a political context, like in the case of Tara, they used it as the senseless death of a young man, Gurdip Singh Chagar, in terms of the South Hall riots, which is when they set themselves up as a company. Peppered throughout the conversation that we're having are moments in history the South Hall riots, for example, your migration from East Africa to the UK, which is a, a big historical moment for many Asian people. What were the big moments that you feel were represented in terms of social history that reflected a period of time? Well, let's take somebody like Tanika Gupta. You know, she she wrote a play called Gladiator Games, which was the story of the young boy in the Feltham Offenders Institute who was murdered by his cellmate, who was like a young English guy who was a racist person that was drawn from testimony. I mean, those are political in that they are dealing with events that are happening around us at a particular time and we are trying to respond to them in some ways or much later on now you can take somebody like Atiya Sen Gupta who's like a young a young writer uh, nurtured by Hampstead uh, Theatre and uh, her first play was What Fatima Did and it's a story of a young woman who arrives in a school one day wearing a hijab and it's the reaction of everybody, her friends, her school friends, her teachers, her mom, etc., to that act. I think that play was written in perhaps 2008 or 2009, very much after 9-11, very much out of the whole um, where people are now talking about Muslim versus the West. So these are works that are dealing with shifts in thinking, shifts in society. So what does social history mean to you then? Yeah, actually, you're the one who's got me thinking about it. I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, if we just take the South Asian theatre experience, you know, I think that we lack a social history in the sense of not the subjects that we have put in our stories, but the people who have been creating it themselves from the beginning of the 20th century to now. You know, it's the stuff has not been archived or presented or put out there in the way that it may well be for other theatre stuff, you know. There have been instances, the play East is East, everybody knows that now, that's a play that's had so many revivals and it's been done in schools and people know it and everything like that. There are these kind of instances that emerge, but if you talk about it as a kind of overall movement, if it was that, or artistic its own history or social history has not really been put together. The experiences of the migrant communities has made its way into the work, but the people who have created those experiences, um, they are, you know, there have been uh, some universities and things now starting to look into it, but I mean, as a way of understanding or appreciating how important... Um, the contribution of this theatre culture may be to the wider British theatre landscape has perhaps not been done in that way. So, And why does it need to be done? 
Because, you know, I'm getting old, so old that whenever I see uh, somebody always says, oh, this is the first time X is happening and this is the first time you think, no, it's not. I remember going to a particular day and seeing this, but this may be the second time, but it's certainly not the first, you know. And I could name names here, but I think that would be unkind. But I think that's the reason that, you know, you just get bored of hearing this kind of stuff, really. Simon, it's been a real pleasure having this chat with you. And I really do hope that you finally manage to find the time to, to to actually write, sit down and write down all these amazing thoughts that you've got in your head. Maybe this podcast is the beginning of that process. Suman Butcher, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Lainey. Suman Butcher there. Next week on the Social History Hub podcast, the curator and photographer of a new exhibition in London, Milan Svandalik, explains why he chose Outsiders in London as a theme for his latest work and how his own experiences of feeling on the outside of society shaped this very unusual collection. That's next week on the Social History Hub podcast. Join us if you can. You've been listening to the Social History Hub podcast. You can listen again to our podcast at socialhistoryhub.com or download each programme from our website, from our RSS feed or from iTunes. And if you have a story to tell, why not drop me an email, laney at socialhistoryhub.com. The Social History Hub podcast was brought to you by Creative Podcasts.